0: Love, talk, radio. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I am Katherine Gordon, your host and the author of Sugar Freedom, which you can find at www.sugarfreedom.com. If you want to know more about Sugar Freedom and chat with me and get on board, you can also go to sugarfreedom.com slash blog. Well, today I'm very happy because I'm going to be interviewing James Giada. He is the author of the four-day diet. Doesn't that sound wonderful that you could have a situation where you don't have to be struggling and dieting all the time? I know that that's not the way that I want to feel. I want to find a a lifestyle plan, something that I can follow and uh, reach my goals. And I absolutely believe. I've known James for a while. We met about a year ago. And uh, I am convinced that he's got some solutions for you and some solutions for me as well. And uh, so we're going to be bringing James on board in just a few seconds, and he's going to tell us his story, and then I'm going to ask him some questions, and we're going to dig deep into the four-day diet and find out how it can help us to reach and keep our fat loss and our happiness goals. So here we go, everybody. James, I just want to say hello, and then I'm excited to bring you on board for this podcast, and you're on the air.
1: Hi, Catherine. Good to be here
0: well it 's really good to talk to you, and uh, it 's fun to have somebody that that I actually know, and I had an opportunity to meet and uh, We had a really inter- interesting conversation uh, in in Las Vegas year a year ago. We were at a conference talking about writing uh, and creating um, our vision writing our writing our programs and I was so interested to hear from you about the four day diet and about how the way you eat um, controls appetite and fat loss and, and your health. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to bring you on board today and, and have you talk about uh, that program and also your experience with, with health, health and fitness. So right now what I'd like you to do, James, is can you take us back to when you got interested in, in training and health and the beginning of when you got on this journey to fitness?
1: You bet, you bet, and uh, I'll actually, I'm going to start the journey a long, long time ago because I am 35 years old, so I actually started in my childhood, and um, I grew up with an Italian mother, which is, has many blessings, and uh, she was a great cook, but it also tended to teach me how beautiful carbs, breads, pastas fit into every meal, and, and honestly, I grew up in a in a household. It was very much about food quantity and, and not having any leftovers after meals. Um, so I, I really, I feel really developed as a child this kind of need to always be filling myself up to never leave extra food on the table, and uh, and it's still some habits that, that I live with today. Um, so really, I ended up spending a lot of my childhood as a chubby kid, and uh and it really wasn't until about fourteen years old when uh, I discovered weight training with just one of those old little home gyms that my brother had brought home from college and uh, I started weight training and actually quickly lost twenty pounds of of fat just just from that workout alone and uh and I think that that's really what got me got me realizing the power power that fitness can certainly have in my life but but I still didn't have the concept of, of nutrition locked down. Through my teenage years, I'd say I, I like to call myself chubby fit because I felt really strong because I was doing the doing the fitness element. But I still couldn't get rid of rid of the body fat that I wanted to get rid of. And then uh, I was off to college and uh, got a lot more into the fitness side of things. And in my mid twenties, became a uh, got certified as a fitness trainer. And it was about that time that I also really started looking into the diet side of things because, obviously, I'm wanting to get clients' results, so I'm trying to go beyond just their fitness and really starting to look into all the elements that are going to allow my clients to succeed. Now, as I started looking into diets, I really started experimenting myself with with different plans that I was finding out there. And... And it was great because it really taught me the power of how changing your diet can start to change your body and and can change your body rapidly. But the downside of experimenting with diets was I was also going through a roller coaster effect because I really hadn't changed my emotional and, and my psychological relationship with food. So I was going on a diet. I was losing body fat, coming off, going into my old bad habits that I had kind of grown up with and gaining a bunch of fat back. And and it was kind of this constant roller coaster ride. And it all kind of came to a head and all kind of culminated um, in 2008 and uh, went on vacation with with my wife. And we came back and we were looking through the pictures from that vacation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll never forget, um, I took a look at this one picture and I was wearing a white T-shirt. And the only thing I could see in that picture was... My belly pushing through that T-shirt, <laughs> and and I was absolutely horrified, and and I was horrified more for the for just aesthetic reasons. Um, I was horrified because I was a professional fitness trainer, and and to me, this was also uh, had implications on my livelihood and, and on my career. Um, so it was it was that moment and that and that seeing that picture. That mm-hmm. really just lit a fire in me and, and and wanted me to create something to to spark a change and And it was actually that event that led me to um, create what what is now 4 day fat loss um, and and back then, uh, I guess didn't really have a name. Um, but what I ended up doing was um, took took serious action, and in the next six weeks, after seeing that picture, actually lost 25 pounds um, of almost complete body fat and just absolutely changed my body. But more importantly, what I actually got from that diet and, and from that event and seeing that, that picture was I was able to reprogram and, and change my psyche a little bit with food and actually came off the program more interested in eating lean meats eating lots of vegetables seeing the value in it so strongly that it was starting to change even how i so associated what a treat is and and how to how to get over cravings and and that that kind of thing so i mean i'm i'm certainly not perfect now but mm-hmm. uh, i've come so far since since that event and since learning the techniques that i needed to really, again, like you said, change that psychological relationship with food versus just going on a diet and losing fat.
0: Well, if I may, James, it uh, it's, makes me very happy to, to hear you. Uh, you're 35, you know, I'm 50, so as a young man like yourself, I'll say, you don't, don't know how young you are. <laughs> um, to hear somebody like you talk about the emotional aspect of eating, uh, because I know that, you know, so many of the Sugar Freedom fans, you know, we've got a lot of men who are fans, too, because they have these issues and struggles. But it, it's, it's wonderful to hear that fitness p- professionals and people who are out there writing ways of helping people with their nutrition are confronting some of the same things. So let me ask you, how do you think uh, – food can affect mood, and, and what are some things that you might be able to share with our audience? What are some, maybe some strategies that you would have uh, that, that have helped you where, where where mood and food are concerned?
1: Yeah. Um, so so one of the things, I guess I'll start off by saying um, my nutrition mentor is Dr. John Berardi. Oh,
0: I've heard him interviewed, and man, I've listened to as many podcasts as I can get my hands-on of his so he's been a real a, a big influence on me so yeah go ahead and talk about yeah that. Please yeah can't.
1: well and and really where we're dr berardi uh he started out same place i did he started out just as a personal trainer and uh that was that was struggling to get clients and and finally he figured out that psychology was actually far more important in helping him change people's habits than the actual just the uh mechanics of what you should eat when you should eat it uh, because quite frankly there's thousands of books on that will tell you exactly what to eat or when to eat it and and quite a few of them are actually very valid and and they're and they're great books but until you actually start to really shape that psychology um, that's the only time you really see that lasting change happen um, so in in terms of really the biggest tip i can give and and what I try and push on my clients again and again is the amazing power of vegetables. And and that would be the one one tip that I give everyone. Increase your amount of vegetables you're consuming. Try and fill gaps with with more and more vegetables because you really can't – so many people just don't understand that if you're getting enough of the – antioxidants and the vitamins and the minerals from boatloads and boatloads of vegetables, you don't have a lot of room for garbage food and you really just don't have a lot of need for the garbage food and I, and I know that to a lot of people that, that probably sounds like not the tip they wanted to hear but, um, but that is certainly the one that's been most helpful in my life and that, and that changes most of my clients' lives.
0: Well, let's take a moment and look at that, James. You know, one of the things I, I absolutely love about vegetables and the idea of finding ways to incorporate more vegetables in our daily eating strategies is that so much of dieting and nutrition, um, you and I and all the people that we have helped, it always seems to be about what you're taking away, what you're taking away. And, you know, I'm guilty too. My, you know, I'm, this podcast is called Sugar Freedom. But, but yeah. what I love about about all of the abundant vegetables that that we have in the world is that finally there's something that it's not about taking away. It's about adding in. And, uh, and I, so that's why I like to say build your body on a bed of vegetables and other things, you know, high-quality protein and high-quality fats as well um yeah. but 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 so important now so you've definitely covered something there that you know our mothers and grandmothers and beyond have been trying to tell us please James everybody would you eat <laughs> your vegetables can you would you mind talking a little bit about are there any misconceptions that as you started to study and as you got your precision um uh, nutrition certification, what were some things that surprised you that you discovered? Are there, are there some myths that we need to bust here or some things that we're tending to do wrong?
1: Okay. Uh, there's, there's certainly plenty of myths. Um, I think the one that's um, very prevalent out there, and, and a lot of your listeners may already be aware of it because it's, it's finally starting to get some steam, and that's the meal frequency myth. And for the longest time, we always thought that eating frequently throughout the day was, was the only way to do it. You had to eat small meals frequently throughout the day. And um, sadly, that wasn't strongly backed by research. It was more based on theories of how your metabolism works. And, uh, and what we know now from the latest research is calories actually play the biggest role. And what I mean by that is if you eat 2,000 calories in a day, if you have it in two meals or you have it in six meals, your metabolic change will be exactly the same throughout that day. Now, why that's great news is because eating frequently throughout the day, eating six meals a day, doesn't always work for everybody. And sometimes less frequent meals and having smaller, bigger meals um, or less, less frequent, bigger meals is, just works better for your lifestyle. So I'd say within that myth, what I tell people is find a meal frequency that is going to put you in the place to succeed. It really doesn't matter. So if that's going to be two meals a day, because that's what you're likely to stick to, then do it. If you feel that with six small meals a day, you're more likely to stick to a healthy eating plan and you're going to get less cravings, then do six meals a day. And, and I would say that's, that's probably the biggest one. And, and over the last couple of years, that's, that's made a huge impact on me and, and changed my thinking um, in the diet, diet realm because because I was that guy that was eating six meals a day and, uh, and even took to a point where I started thinking, well, what if I could eat eight meals a day? Would my metabolism get jacked up even more? And, and there just wasn't research backing it up. So um, I, where I am right now, I'll often eat two to three times a day, depending on what my schedule looks like. But um, for me, I do really well with bigger meals and, uh, and eating less frequently.
0: Well, I'd, I'd love to comment on that if, if I can, James. My, my personal discovery over time has been that uh, as, as a sugar addict, as a sugar and grain addict and food addict, um, a compulsive eater, I think a lot of times what we find in, in my community is that the act of eating itself stimulates appetite. And what's interesting is some of the latest research is showing that yes, there is something to that. That that so if I'm eating six meals a day, I'm stimulating my appetite six meals a day without ever getting to a place of satisfaction. In other words, that small meal stimulates my appetite, but I never get full. And it's the vegetables that get that get me full. Uh, but the thing is, is you know, not everybody is like me. No, but not everybody has this issue. And I think the other thing is that I've noticed, if I can share this with you James, is that would they talk about this typical it takes about 20 minutes to get satisfied. Well, if yeah. you're eating those frequent small meals, you're never going to get to that 20 minutes. That's right. And I think I think finally one of the things that I'm grateful that you're talking about today is that different people actually and i have found that it generally tends to do with insulin sensitivity people who have good insulin sensitivity seem to be able to you know do that six meal a day thing whereas with me it doesn't doesn't work as well and then just one more point that i'd like to make is when you go out to a fancy dinner they bring you food as an appetizer so in other words You know, and certainly at any fine Italian restaurant, you know, there's going to be, you know, some goodie that they're going to bring out. Although I have to say, you know, would be a lot more filling than, than, than crusty bread, right? Okay. But, but, but I, I definitely think it's interesting talking about meal frequency as something that's a little bit new and different. Now, I yeah. would like, if you would, um, address what, uh, what my audience and what, what my readers are often dealing with, Those of us who really do feel, and and we've got some new evidence coming in, that that when we eat um, sugar and grains, and especially when we mix those sugar and grains with processed oils, you know, think of a donut or something like that, um, that we do have this, this, this reaction that's like out of the norm, that something about eating that food just hits the brain and, you know, we kind of go nuts and we overeat. Um, yep. If I am correct on the four-day diet, th- there is an opportunity on the four-day diet to do a refeed or, or you know, a celebration day, which, which uh, affects leptin and has some positive effects on the body. Um, now, I do know that I've been told by a lot of different trainers that you should have a cheat day. You know, Once a week, you go out and you have whatever you want. But for somebody like me and a lot of my um, readers... If I went out and had pizza and ice cream and beer um, i i I would literally be in deep, deep trouble. so you can can you talk a little bit about how four-day diet could be addressed by somebody like me?
1: Definitely, definitely. and And this is a topic that uh, I'm very intrigued by, and, and in fact, you and I were just were just talking about it this week with uh, with Seon uh, mm-hmm. there there. And uh, and he was talking to us about how because I mean he's got a great weight loss story as well and and yeah. he was telling us about how so easily that that one brownie all of a sudden turns into three brownies and you kind of yeah. lose control so um, I think one one thing to to know about my diet program is it, it's broken into really three distinct phases and mm-hmm. within those phases the the cheat cheap meals um, kind of differ a little bit. Uh, the first phase is more of a, a quick, just rapid fat loss. Get as much body fat off people as possible. Now, exactly. within that phase, I, I don't, I don't like people eating a lot of, a lot of junk food. But right. I do have days fit in there that I call clean food days, which are basically still higher calorie days and higher carbohydrate days, because in order to increase leptin. It's not necessarily the food has to be garbage food. It just has mm. to be high in calories and high in carbohydrates. Now
0: Hallelujah, what, James. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that it exactly. doesn't have well, to be junk. It just it doesn't have to be it do, you don't have to go down to the to the local donut shop or the lo, local pizza house. You can still choose, you know, good, wholesome foods.
1: Exactly, exactly. And when you when you get into the lifestyle phase, the phase three of my diet plan, it's more about more of a, a sustainability. Um, and I have had people just do phase three and have great weight loss results. Um, but, but it is more kind of how I eat on more on a weekly basis. And there is room in there um, for, for more what you'd call cheat meals. Um, mm-hmm. I make a differentiation in my book. I actually call them free meals.
0: Mm, and, I and like that. With
1: all my clients, And it's because I don't want them getting that psychological, it's a cheat meal, so I should eat garbage food. Yeah. I, I tell people all or the time, it's a it. free meal, so you eat whatever you want. Now, whatever you want, then, again, someone like yourself, you know the repercussions of eating mm-hmm. sugar. Mm-hmm. So what you want might, is, is obviously not going to be a piece of cake. I mean, you might want to yeah. eat the cake, but you know that it's a free meal, so you can, you know, calories are no longer an issue. You can eat high-calorie, you can eat high-carbohydrate, mm-hmm. but that food doesn't have to come from garbage food sources. It can still be very healthy food. The whole point is getting those high-calorie, high-carb meals to, like you said, elevate leptin hormone levels and, and keep you in that fat state.
0: So, James, if I wanted to, uh, for example, if I'm looking to bump it up, have a free meal, I might choose, uh, you know, sweet potato with some coconut oil on it, or I might make, I make a mousse out of uh, avocado and coconut powder, <laughs> right? And, yeah, or or yeah. It, might be, it might be an organic potato, or it might be some more um, organic fruit. So that would be the way that I would crank it up?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And actually, um, within my program as well, I also have some put together some recipe books, and, and a lot of my recipes are more in the higher calorie realm, um, mm-hmm. and there's some higher carbohydrate stuff, but they're all very clean recipes. So um, it's it's kind of I have I have a little bit of a, a secret passion. I love to cook, so I'm always mm. I'm always trying to find your, ways your to take your mother influenced
0: the, you in a good way. <laughs> you Italian <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm obsessed with trying to find ways to kind of take the uh, normal, I guess, uh, comfort pleasure foods and mm-hmm. try and clean them up a bit. Try and take the sugar out of them and and uh, just just get better source source stuff, and then see how close I can get it to taste like the real thing. So, um, well, you know, I, and, I and actually, one of they're... the things. Oh, go ahead. One of the things I'm working on right now is I'm trying to figure out a a, a key lime pie recipe. It's actually oh high in protein without I any sugar. I believe this. So.
0: Are you aware that key lime pie is that, like, if there was, like, one thing on the planet, I mean, that is that is my favorite dessert in the world.
1: Oh, great. So, so
0: James, once you get it figured out, sign, you know, send me an email, because, oh, man, well I'm going to well make that thing, and I'll take a picture, and, and, and I will celebrate, because, oh, my <laughs> Lord, do I love me some key lime pie. Well do. <laughs> my my husband couldn't care less. Um, he likes to say, you know, if it's not chocolate, what's the point?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't call it dessert if it's not chocolate.
1: Yeah, well, well chocolate chocolate's tough. Chocolate's tough to make to make really uh, taste like the real thing without using a lot of sugar. So that, well, that's a work uh, in progress. So.
0: I actually, if it, I'm, I'm working myself on some things, I, I don't know if you've used this or Dr. Uh, John Barardi has talked about it, but I have been using um, xylitol, uh, which does come in like a crystal sugar-like form, which which does seem to work in baking. But I'm generally using it only on very special occasions when I need to re- recreate something, uh, and it might be something that you might look into for making your your, your key lime pie. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, as far as chocolate desserts go, um, you know, certainly it's a calorie bomb, but sometimes we have a little luck with things like uh, coconut butter and um, organic and sweetened cocoa. So there, there are some things that we yeah. can do, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the high-calorie meals can mm-hmm. have a place in any diet um, as long as yeah. it's – John Berardi um, always talks about the 80-20 rule and, and
0: mm-hmm. really –
1: being on point and on your calorie number eighty percent of the time and then that other twenty percent you can you can waver a little bit and if you 're eighty twenty throughout the throughout the long term over the course of a year over the course of two or three years um, your body is going to respond um, from that aesthetic perspective of of still being in that fat burning mode even though you're not a hundred percent on all the time and and that's something I think people often mis, misjudge with a diet. They get into this mode where they have to always be 100% dieting all the time and then when you end up cheating on your diet and it's an unplanned cheat, it's mm. just devastating and, and you end up quitting and and it just yeah. it turns into just this snowball effect and, and then you're back to where you started and, and you feel like you're never going to get there but the reality is if you just think consistency over the long term you can certainly you can get wherever you want to go
0: yeah and i think if you think in terms of the 80 20 rule Although sometimes I, I have to tell you, over forty and fifteen, sometimes my clients and I think it's more ninety ten. But yeah. that we'll 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 we'll, we'll leave we'll, we'll leave that to experience. But the wonderful thing about that is that if it is eighty twenty, and even if it's ninety ten, that would be you know one meal out of out of ten. You might might be a free meal. Uh, that you don't have to go into this, you know, emotional sadness or guilt over it, because you just say, "Oh, well, there's there's my twenty percent or there's my ten percent," and 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 off you go on, on your way. Now we, we have a few more minutes, and um, I, I wanted to have an opportunity. I know that you've been uh, you're working with a lot of people one on one, and you do have the you've, you've had the wonderful opportunity. Of uh, you know, actually getting in there and helping people—it's one of my favorite things at, at Gordon Studio that I get to do. Uh, can you talk about some of the experiences that you've had um, with your clients?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, I think you would agree. Probably more so than, than our own weight loss results, um, the the hmm. best feeling we get is actually when we see somebody. Um, that we coached uh, get success because that's really that's one of the most fulfilling things about this industry is that it's so much um, it's so much more about helping other people and seeing their success and and it actually really fuels a coach and 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 makes a coach feel feel good about himself um, just when you can you can kind of just be the guiding rod um, for somebody that to to really see them move to the next level. Um mm-hmm. probably one of one of my best recent success stories um was a, a lady I was working with she's right around 40 years old um just turned she turned 40 last March so she's 41 now um but the same same situation she was overweight her entire life um more more so than what I ever went through
0: mm-hmm.
1: um she had she had kind of 50 plus pounds to lose Oh, yeah. And uh, I, worked, I worked with her for, for 12 months straight, and we actually started with, the, um, with my four-day fat loss program just to get that rapid fat loss going, and, and she just took off with that. I, I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it was we lost 21 or 22 pounds um, within that, right within that first four weeks. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then from there, we just ran with it, and, and by the end of the year, we were actually down eighty pounds and and she went back and she looked at that and um, realized that it wasn't really that painful of a change because we just we did it progressively and it wasn't like i said it, it was more about that eighty twenty it was more about just small habit changes, thinking about the big picture, not getting caught up on um, little failures here and there because um, i I certainly find the one thing that Upends most of my clients is they have one or two bad days in a week and feel like uh, feel like that's the end of the world and they're never going to get to where they want to go rather than just accepting it, moving on, and and pushing through it the next day and getting back on track and it's amazing what you can accomplish in a year with just consistency mm-hmm. and and to be honest that eighty pounds I mean that's we really, we really didn't do anything extreme. I mean, the the initial fast fat loss phase was was difficult, and and it required some discipline from her. But then after that, it was it was really just reprogramming and and just relying on consistency. And uh, and you can you can make huge changes um, by doing something that
0: simple. Uh- it is so encouraging, James, to hear, hear stories like that. You know, as you get beyond, you know, the 30 and the 40 and the 50, you know, these stories that, the, you know, the the, pound, the weight loss above 50 pounds is just really exciting and really encouraging. And I think the best thing is what what for me and for basically all of the people that I work with, there's this sense of, man, you know, if the wheels come off, what do we do? And this understanding that you accept yourself You get back on a good structure. You get back on a good program, right? You pull out your four-day diet, and you say, okay. Exactly. Because one of the things that I found is once the structure is established, even if things do get wacky and go wrong, a lot of times you can get back on track in just a couple of days. Is that so?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, one of the uh, the things I include with my program is a a bit of a calendar. And uh, Mm -hmm. the reason I include it is because, I put, a, I put calendars on my fridge, and I'm, I feel like I, I horrify a lot of people with um, how finicky I am with my diet and, how, um, and and just how much I like to monitor things. But I put a really simple calendar on, and I check off days as I go. And uh, if, I have a, if I have a good eating day, I mark it off as a good eating day. If it wasn't, then I don't give myself a check. But what that actually does is it creates a little bit of accountability because mm-hmm. I want to get my check mark at the end of the day. Um, so so that does like actually that. help me. But it also creates a scorekeeping system where I can really be truthful with myself. And at the end of the month, I can look at my fridge and see again going back to that eighty twenty or if you want to call it ninety ninety ten rule, um, mm-hmm. which to be. To be fair, I actually will often tell my clients even 95.5 because <laughs> I, I prefer to <laughs> err on the side of them not getting close to 20%, but, yeah. um, but that's more of a coaching trick and mind games. Um, well, but you can I, really uh, look I, at the I, end of the month and, yeah. and see how you did and have a realistic, really real assessment of how you're doing with things. And then from there, you can always tweak and, and determine if you need to make changes.
0: Right, because what you're doing is you're, trying, you're figuring out your lifetime strategy, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, and, th- and that's all about tweaking and changing. And if something's not working, then make a small change and, and then assess and, and then see if that makes a change. It's not, it's not about ha- it having to be a, a wholesale uproot everything every time. It's just make small changes and, uh, and find out what works for you.
0: So this is the point at which if, uh, if I want to pick up the four-day diet or our listeners want to pick up the four-day diet, how, how do they do that? Because I'm, I'm interested in the calendars. So I could definitely use those and certainly the, the recipes too and all, all kinds of different strategies. But how, how do we get a hold of the four-day diet?
1: Yeah, it's as simple as going to www.4dayfatloss.com
0: okay, four day fat loss, that's right, because we've been talking about diet and really what it's about is it's about permanent fat loss, isn't it?
1: exactly exactly and and that's that's another thing that I'm very passionate about telling people, and really that that weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing and mm-hmm. and fat loss is really what you're looking for and and fat loss is accomplished more through hormone changes and less through just restricting calories and, and, like you said earlier, cutting things out. Fat loss is about learning how to manipulate hormones, and that's really what four-day fat loss is about.
0: And very often, you're right, it's more about adding he- healthy things in and adding in you know optimal foods as opposed to you know uh, denying yourself of, of everything else. Well, James, exactly. this has been such a pleasure today. And uh, once again, we're talking about four-day fat loss and fourdayfatloss.com. And uh, I will, as as you know, these are uh, my early podcasts. I'm so grateful of you coming on and, and uh, helping me out as I go on this journey to communicate with people in a new way. And uh, so we'll find lots of new ways to tell people about um, how to find uh, four-day fat loss. So once again, this is Catherine Gordon from the Sugar Freedom Show saying thank you to James Giada and uh, saying that we'll be talking to you again soon about ways that we can achieve our fat loss goals and uh, lead a happy and healthy life. James, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thanks for having me. My pleasure.
0: Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon, James, and bye-bye. You
1: bet. Bye-bye.